1: And I went in my cell one day and I was watching uh, the movie Amazing Grace. And he goes to John Newton, he said, I need your counsel. And John Newton said, "Uh, I can give you two things. I'm a great sinner and Christ is a great savior. And something inside me just burst, I just started crying. And from that day, something broke inside me, the hardness, the darkness. And I started looking to the Lord. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax.
2: Welcome to The Story. Well, after a 30-year battle with sin, Mark Farrell is now free from jail and from the addictions and behaviours that kept him there. As we just heard, it was a bit of a low point in his life while in prison that Mark reached his breaking point and turned to the Lord. We'll find out the amazing way his life has completely turned around today on The Story. Mark Farrell is chatting with Shelley Scott.
3: Mark, I guess you could say that God has been pursuing you for your entire life. We're talking yes, you know, 30 years. He's been following you around and wanting you to come into his fold. But it was only recently that God really got a hold of you. Can you tell us about that experience?
1: Um, I was in Woodford Prison and, uh, you know, I was uh, just walking in darkness. I didn't talk to anyone. I hated everyone. I had one friend and even all the other friends that I've, been in and out of jail with most of my life I didn't even like them anymore and uh, Just didn't like myself And I went in my cell one day And I was watching uh, the movie Amazing Grace uh, William Wilberforce who set the slaves free, mm. And he goes yeah. to John Newton uh, Who wrote that song Amazing Grace And he said I need your counsel And John Newton said uh, I can give you two things I'm a great sinner and Christ is a great saviour and and something inside me just burst. I just started crying, but not not teary, not not like a head emotional, but a deep stomach heaving cry. And from that day something broke inside me, the hardness, the darkness, and I started looking to the Lord and I like I just wanna know you for you, Jesus. I wanna know who you are, not to provide, not to protect, not to get me out of trouble, but just wanna know you because you're love. Can I know you because you're loved? And five days after I watched that movie, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was stuck in mud to my waist. And hundreds of other people were in the same mud. And we could move real slow, but couldn't move, really. And the cross appeared. And I said, Jesus Christ, that cross is the answer to everyone's problems, everyone's problem. The cross will set us free. Jesus is the answer to everything. And I woke up. And I was set free from... Cigarette from drug addiction from all my life. I've been in drug addiction from pornography addiction and just the breath of heaven was upon me I walked out of the cell and everyone that used to you know go oh, here. He comes um, Moody blues <laughs> <laughs> um said well dude, what's going on? And I said uh, Jesus come to me in a dream and set me free man I don't use no more and that day I was tested straight away. Someone sent me uh, uh, drugs in the jail, yeah, and, uh, and they said, we got this for you. And I said, dude, I told you, Jesus set me free. And I was just set free. It was in that choice, you know, even though I knew I was set free inside, but when I chose at that time and told them, I don't use men, I don't use anymore. It's not inside of me to, to even desire it. I've been set free. And uh, everyone went, whoa. And then one after another... People started bowing their knee to Jesus. People getting on their knees, the presence of God, people getting on their knees going, I've got to get on my knees for this, wait a minute, which was so surprising to me. I was like, whoa. But out of 11 workers, nine gave their heart to the Lord. Wow. And then the Lord started moving back, slipping Christians all into the unit, which was something that just wasn't happening. And these people started giving their heart back to the Lord. And until the day I got released, the presence of God was so heavy in the air, everyone was crying. I was crying, all the workers were crying. The officers said, don't come near me, I'll start crying. (laughs) The presence of God was so wonderful. And uh, yeah, that was my experience.
3: Wow, being set free while you were still inside jail and then the literal being set free uh, and being able to walk uh, as a civilian again. What an amazing story of being really set free from the jail both inside and outside yourself. It is quite a recent thing for you. You were only saved in August last year, and you got out in October. So everything is so new and so exciting, which is just so good. Let's go back in time, though. Let's see how you got yourself into your mess in the first place. And I do want to stress that because it was you yourself getting into a bit of a mess. God was out of the picture a little bit at the very beginning, wasn't he? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. um, Tell I, I sort of got saved when I was 17. But I ran I, like he. He spoke audibly to me when I was seventeen um, because I would read the New Testament seven times. I didn't read Revelation because that was just too much for my seventeen-year-old mind. But, <laughs> but uh, I read the New Testament seven times. I was in a prison cell. I had a lot of charges. I was wanted in Queensland. I was in Melbourne jails in Pentridge, the old Pentridge jail. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is Is it true that you were
3: on the most wanted list when you were seventeen?
1: Yeah, I, I was I was I wanted in Queensland for um really serious charges that I had nothing to do but I didn't do them but and I was running away from it cuz I didn't do it but there was so much evidence saying I did but mm. I really didn't, you know. And so um
3: Can we just touch on that? What was that like for you yourself to know that you were absolutely innocent and then not being a whole lot you could do about it? What was that like inside your mind?
1: Yeah, um because, you, you know, you're a 17-year-old kid, I suppose the, the look of it, you know, in that world of, of what you live in looks great. You know, you know don't you know I'm wanted, but, but really inside the fears that are there because they're saying, you oh, you'll get 28 years for this. And I was like, yeah, what? You know, uh-huh. like, um, and so, you know, we put up images and, and, but really deep inside, I, I, there was a great fear. And I was like, I didn't do this. And so that's the reason when I got caught down there, and I got caught for 32 burglaries down there and uh, 120 grand and in, in stuff, you know, and, wow. in and, and Melbourne. So you can understand, that gives you an understanding of where my life was at. I was, yeah. It was just chaotic.
3: But, I mean, and, that's uh, pretty chaotic by the time you were 17. Uh, your childhood, I guess, wasn't all about happy memories and, you know, running along the beach with mum and dad and riding horses into the sunset? <laughs>
1: Um, (laughs) yeah, there were some good sunsets, but, you know, um, sometimes when the sunset, there's always a bit of darkness comes, and so, you know, my, um, I love my family, and and I I love my mum and dad, um, they didn't know any better, and, but my dad didn't know how to read and write, he, you know, he provided, he worked, um, and, uh, he'd stick up for you in anything, he'd protect you, you know, as a young child. But he just didn't. Uh, he fought all his life. He expected you to fight. It's, it's, it didn't matter how big they were. Get up and fight them, dude. You know. And, and if you didn't, you, you know. He. So you're just always trying to please, and, but no emotion. You know, just couldn't meet the mark. Always good for nothing. And, and and I heard that a lot as a young. Well, I heard that most of my young childhood. You know. You know, you for nothing, mate. And my mum, who bless her beautiful heart, she's she's a um, strong Christian lady she didn't have an education back then either like she had a grade 5 education so yeah childhood was a little bit uh, it was good but there was a lot of bad stuff which led to a lot of worse stuff
3: So it must have broken particularly your mum's heart but I'm sure both your parents it must have broken their heart to see you uh, getting up to the mischief that you did
1: Yeah it it really did you know Um, I I remember you know Dad he, he drank a lot too you know and uh You know, he'd come home and and just flip out and mum would leave and then I'd try and be there. I'm saying with you, Dad, but then he'd flip out on me and I'd have to go and stay at a friend's. And, um, you know, and in the morning he was repentant, you know, if I can use that word, Mm. even though he wasn't a Christian. He'd come and come to the house and say, sorry, look, sorry, come home. And and so you'd always go home because your dad's your dad you're always trying to... Meet with your father, aren't
3: you? Yeah, and to his credit, he did realise That what he had done was wrong and, and he was repentant, but I guess It didn't always stick, huh? Yeah Yeah. So, there you are in jail As a 17-year-old uh, yeah. What happened then? You had a bit of an experience Where God spoke to you?
1: Yeah, well, I read in the New Testament And I've seen this line through That he talked to everyone That Jesus talked to everyone Mm. When he was on the earth, then he talked about the Holy Spirit. And then the way everyone wrote the letters and stuff and, you know, that he was still talking. And I went, you know, you don't talk to me. You actually don't even help me. I mean, I'm stuck here. I've got all this drama going on. And uh, and uh so after the seventh time, I was praying a prayer and I went, I grabbed the Bible and threw it on the ground. I said, I'm done with this, man, because you don't talk to me. And then audibly... I heard the sternest voice. Open the book. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not giving it justice, but like it shook me. Like and and it shook me to the point that if I didn't open, I thought I'd die. So um. I just grabbed the book and opened it, and it dropped open to Matthew. But you know, and there's two pages. But Matthew 6:33 just jumped off the page. First, you seek my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. And I I just went. Look at that man! That's the answer to my everything I need. So you know, as a seventeen-year-old kid, I just went down into the yard where there was 150 boats and dangerous man. I'm a seventeen-year-old kid, and I just thought uh, I thought that man preached the gospel. So I just went down in the yard and started telling everyone about Jesus. He's all know Jesus, and they're like, "Oh, this kid's flipped it." <laughs> you know, like. And, um, but even with all the serious charges, just one divine miracle after another, I was out in two weeks.
3: And, I uh, guess that verse is significant for someone who is into burglary as well. You know, you seek first God's kingdom and all those other things will be added unto you, but you just need to do it God's way rather than trying to get all those other things by the wrong means. Yeah. And not to and say that, that God always provides for us, you know, in those ways materially as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's good you said that, Joe, because if I would have followed that advice... I wouldn't have been 30 years later just getting it right now, (laughs) you know. Um, And so it it was from not following that advice that I had 30 years of running away from him.
2: You're listening to The Story. Today we're hearing Mark Farrell share his incredible journey to freedom from both jail and from the addictions that enslaved him. Next, he'll share about the remarkable way his life has changed since putting his faith in the Lord. That and more when we return. The
0: Story If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888.
2: I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Shelley Scowen's conversation with Mark Farrell, sharing about his remarkable journey to freedom from both prison and from addictions. You can really hear in his voice how his previously empty life has now been filled to
1: overflowing
2: with the love of God.
1: Well, you know, like, you know, I just want to state this because every time I turn to him, every time I've ever turned to him and said, help me, he always helped me. I remember lifting my hands one time in a cell, and this was in '98. I was in a cell that, that many years later. All them years between that experience and to '98, always he was. All I could always hear his voice from when he spoke audibly to me. I could always hear his voice. He used to always love on me by saying, "What are you doing? Come back." And I'd always say, "Will you leave me alone?" I can't, you know. One of the greatest things he can ever do, one one of the greatest gifts you can ever have for him, is to hear his voice. Mm. But it's a hard thing to do when he's trying to sin.
3: Is that why you kept pushing him away? Because you wanted to keep on sinning? I
1: don't know. I just uh, responsibilities of life. You know. Uh, you know. He blessed me. I mean, there was a lot of wounds and and uh, from childhood and stuff there, and that's the difference. You know. You know, he'd set me free from habits like a yeah, cigarette and, and the using, but I was still dealing with, um, you know, sexual stuff. Um, you know, longing, you're always looking to another lover. Or you're always looking wide in my father and my mother and the brother and, I. you know, looking for that same desire in your heart in someone else's eyes and thinking that's the answer. I just need this person, but it's not the answer, you know, and so... You always go off the rails because you're setting your affections away from him and not to him.
3: Mm, yeah, you're right. And again, if we seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto us. It's really an amazing verse from Matthew six thirty-three. Mark, what was it like to go to sleep in bondage and wake up being set free of your addictions?
1: Well, yeah, look, you know, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like, you know, seeking his face and, and hoping that he's going to answer your prayer, go to sleep and then wake up totally set free. And set free in such a way that not like any time in the past, you know, he's met me in, in times in the past where I felt like water flowing through me and um, and things like that. But this time he really restored my heart and soul um, heal that broken heart and, in me, where I woke up not just addiction set free, not just uh, sexual desires removed totally, but a burning holy desire of just love, like just love, liquid love poured over me, and yeah, there's no, there's nothing like going to sleep in bondage and waking up set free.
3: Just amazing. I love how God works. It's just incredible. And, of course, it was only a couple of months after that that you were set free from prison as well, which is really exciting for you. What do you do when you've just been set free from prison? I'm sure the um, adjustment back into everyday life would be quite a challenge.
1: Yeah. um, Well, yeah, it, it can be, but it wasn't because my heart and affections were so on Him that nothing else matters anymore. Like, I understand, and I don't want to sound over-spiritual with this, but I've got to say what's truth, you know? And uh I understand, Paul, that the world's crucified to me, you know, because it was the cross that appeared to me in my dream. And I understand that when you get crucified, you can put a gun to a dead man, and he's not getting up. You can spit on a dead man, and he just doesn't care, you know? And when you get crucified with him, He rises up in him I understand what Paul means That the world's crucified to me And I'm crucified to the world Because I I don't watch television no more I just don't turn I'm not interested I'm interested in one thing The love of God And loving other people into his kingdom
3: That's absolutely awesome And you can hear that in your voice You said that before all of this You were doomy and gloomy and grumpy And angry at the world You hated everyone You can hear in your voice how joyful you are and how passionate you are about getting out and sharing the gospel with anyone and everyone who will listen. I think all of us who have been a Christian for a while are probably hoping that that continues for so long. I think we all need a bit of a shake-up in our faith, I guess, to get back to our first love and to enjoy that excitement and that realisation of being set free in Jesus.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I understand that God is love. I understand this because of what he did. You know, for him to follow me around for 30 years and bless me along that 30 years. And then also, I've shook my... It was only in O ten I shook my fist at him and said, I don't want to know your spirit. I don't want to know you. I don't want to know you anymore. And it was the darkest years of my life, the, the next years, where I didn't hear his voice for the first time ever. Um, And so I've done, I've said things that I'm ashamed of, but by his blood he set me free. He's he's forgiven me. But Mm. the thing, I want to say this because in case that person that's hearing, that's struggling and and going through a hardship and, you know, listen, it doesn't matter that that you've got thoughts or, or, you know, it doesn't matter what sin you're doing. God is love. He doesn't wake up and go, I'm not loving you. Love never avoids. I've never known anyone, even in the natural, that loves someone and avoid them. God is love. And before there was an earth, before there was a heaven, before there was an angel, he was love. He is love, and he'll always be love. And love always offers mercy, always offers mercy. And, you know, and so if anyone, anyone needs to hear that, please understand that his mercy endures forever.
3: Mate, you've got a pretty amazing grasp on your theology. That's absolutely awesome.
1: When you turn and look to God and seek his faith, the face of Jesus, which love burns in the eyes of Christ, when you look to God as love, he'll set you free. I'm not special. He said, call no man common or unclean. He loves everyone the same. And and it's, it's there to be offered to everyone mm. who'll just look to him for who he is not because what we can get and I think there's a key there with something in my life I can maybe express
3: Yeah, that's absolutely awesome One thing I wanted to touch on as well as we finish up is that you now see life as responsibility That's something that's never really dawned on you for the last however many years It's only been recently that you've gone Oh, I've got responsibilities in life and in my faith Tell us about that
1: yeah, that's a great question because, uh, you know, for those that are single parents, I've been a single parent and uh, and for six years I was a single parent at one time until I got into trouble again and I failed as a single parent, like, you know, I failed that responsibility and, you know, I've got a heartache daughter now, she's just about to have my grandson and doesn't really want to know me because I failed that responsibility and there's no condemnation in me, I just, you know, I cast that care upon God and and ask that He loves on us to, to bring that reconciliation between us. But mm. that's the that's the word He's given us the ministry of reconciliation with everything, and and that's responsibility, you know. And I've got a motto: a little difference makes a big difference. And if we are faithful with the little difference, if we're thankful for the little bit He does, that it gets bigger. You know, when I got out. He uh, blessed me with one or two people that that just seemed to be um, wanted to know about God, and so. But now it's grown where I I can spend hours on the phone all day, you know, talking to people, and every time I go to church, I take um, eight people to church with me, and you know they care, they like that I care. Mm. Everyone's been beat up and hurt We don't need to bang up people with the word of God One one little word in that Bible God-breathed word will change someone's life forever yeah. And so, But everyone wants to be loved and, and when you can love someone And express the grace of that love To another human being They'll look to him And, and they'll want to know Who's this person that he keeps talking about And, and that's the responsibility the Ministry of Reconciliation. And in in that responsibility, look, if you messed up with your kids, if you're messing up with your kids, God is love. If you're messing up in your life, God is love. And and that responsibility, first for us to look to Him, will always be responsible to who He gives in our lives.
3: It's just so exciting to hear the change that God has made in you. And it's only been a matter of months. We're talking August last year that you were set free of all of this bondage. It's only been, what, six months, thereabouts, that God has been making such a difference in your life. And it's just so exciting to hear you talking about this. I reckon God's got some pretty big things in front of you. I think most people would agree that I reckon you might have a bit of preaching going on in your future because you really are very gifted uh, with sharing your faith and um, you know telling people about God. Thank you so much for having a chat with us today.
1: Thank you very much.
2: That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Mark Farrell about his amazing journey to freedom. As we heard, God had been pursuing him for over 30 years and now that he has put his faith in Jesus, he's been set free inside and literally set free from prison. Mark is now seeking first the kingdom of God and the Lord's will for his life. A remarkable transformation. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story.
0: I remember going into my room. My head was aching. I was in so much emotional and physical pain. I got on my knees and I cried. Normally when I'd get a beating, I would be so angry with God and say, why are you allowing this to happen to me? Lord, where are you in all this? For the first time since the abuse started, I raised my hands and I just started singing.
2: Barbara Harrington Zulamas from Zimbabwe has gone through some extremely difficult experiences related to domestic violence, but her faith in the Lord has helped her through the darkest valleys. We'll hear her story next time.
0: The Story, just another way vision is connecting faith to life.